When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. It just keeps getting worse, and you keep coming back. Why are you here? I'm looking at my notes right now. There is four words on the entire page. This is this barely even qualifies as a podcast right now. Yeah, it's just two guys hanging out. Uh, yeah. We're going to mildly talk some hockey, um, and we are going to try our best to give an hour's worth of content when literally there's been one thing that's happened related to the Avs. Oh, and Nazem Kadri still isn't signed. So um, before Man, we dive too far deep in the episode, um, Nazem Kadri's still not been signed. We're not going to spend 30 minutes about it again. I, I literally um, don't have anything else to say. He's yeah. going. He's going to the Islanders. Like I'm 99 sure of that. What do you want from me? Yeah, that that's. We're not going to waste another 30 minutes. Um, if you want to hear our Nas and Kadri thoughts, go listen to the past three weeks of episodes, and you'll be. Yeah, there, we you'll have be literally hours of Nas and Kadri content. We yeah. we have milked that cow for all it's worth. Yes. Um. So we will. Uh, we'll try our best. Um, we always say, we're like, I don't know how we're going to do this. And then we end up talking for an hour and a half. So I'm sure that's, what's going to happen, but thank you again for listening. Thank you for joining us. And let's, don't, let's dive don't, right don't, into don't it. thank them yet, man. We haven't started yet. Yeah, that's true. Keep listening. Keep listening. Um, the big news for the Colorado Avalanche, big uh, they signed news. A player. the news. They yeah, signed, I don't know his name. They signed a player. 
He is definitely a player. He plays in the NHL. We know that for certain. He is one of the most NHL players of all time. Can say that. Anton Bled, I think it is. Bleed? Blad. Yeah, no, that's why I, that's why I do that. Cause I, I, was, no I was looking at the name and it did not occur to me right now that I do not know how to say this. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Bleed. Anton Bleed. I so, like it. It sounds right. Signs a league men one year deal with the Colorado Avalanche. It looks like a one way deal. I haven't seen anything that says it's a two way deal. So it looks like he's being brought in as some training camp depth and basically this year's version of Dylan Sakura. Yes, 100 percent. I mean, he's he's going to be able to fill in and play in the lineup if we need him to. Um, he has some NHL experience with the Bruins. I think he had like four goals and eight assists and over like 30 games or something like that. Like that may be his career. He played yeah. last year. I mean, he played 32 NHL games, two goals, seven assists, nine points. He does things. He's a guy. Yeah. He, he, he's a, he's an NHL. Um, he's, a, he's a fringe NHL guy and an AHL star. He's going to kill it in the AHL for the Eagles if he goes down there. Um, so you got you lose guys like Kiefer Sherwood. Sakura left too, right? Yep, Sakura went back to Chicago. Yeah. Well, he's, it's funny so, because I mean, they're also the same age. They're both 27. No, I thought Sakura was so much older. He's just been in the league for played for so many teams. I thought he was so much older. But you get that guy to go in there, add some organizational depth. Um, I'm sure he'll probably play like 10 games this regular season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, much, much like Sakura, Sakura played, what, five games last year? If you're seeing Sakura slash bleed in the lineup, there's probably a ton of injuries. It just doesn't hurt to have these kind of guys around, like guys who have played in the NHL. No, they're probably not going to get a massive role and are going to spend most of their season in the AHL. I found it interesting because I was reading around on some Anton Bleed stuff before the show. And uh, during his exit meeting with the Bruins, he made it clear that he would almost prefer to play in the AHL rather than just be sitting in the press box all season. Because I don't see any um, games with Providence for him on his resume right now. It looks like he just played 32 games and sat for the other 50. That would suck. That's the Curtis McDermott treatment right there. Yeah, well, (laughs) and I imagine that he'll play a lot more with the Eagles since the the Avalanche is just a little bit deeper than the Bruins. Yep. So I imagine it's a best of both worlds situation where he's going to get a role, probably top six minutes in Colorado, where, I mean, with the Eagles, Colorado Eagles. And in break glass in case of emergency fourth line player who knows maybe he's a hidden gem in the rough and he proves himself in training camp and we've got another depth guy that's yeah. gonna come through yeah maybe he's another logan o'connor i don't know i i honestly i consider myself pretty uh on point with most nhl players i had no idea who this guy was i no knew idea. i knew about him but i don't know why i don't know what he did I don't know where I remember seeing Anton bleed before, but I was like, Oh, I re- I know that name. Why do I know that? I don't know. I'm, I still can't pinpoint how I know Anton bleed because he scored four goals in the NHL and two of them were four seasons apart. Yeah. So like, I'm not I, entirely I, sure why I consider my, I, I at least watch every team in the NHL play at least three or four games a year. Like I watch that. I've never heard of this guy. I watched a good amount of Bruins games last year too. And I just no idea. So um, I'm sure Chris McFarland and Joe Sackick have a reason for it. I think it's just kind of a training camp piece. Like if you remember, you remember the Avs signed uh, Jack Johnson and Artem Anisimov to PTOs last year. 
That was crazy. we haven't even gotten to those yet. The yeah. PTOs. There's 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 going to be some interesting PTOs that get handed out this oh, yeah. season, I think, because there's there have not been guys that have signed. Like obviously no Kadri, but all the guys we've seen signed lately are RFAs. You know, Yamamoto literally five minutes ago just signed three point one for two years. Jesper Brat signs. Andrew Mangiapane signs. Oliver Shillington signs. The last like notable ufa was john klingberg who we talked about on the last episode yeah like it's good pto season's quickly approaching and uh well it's after the success of jack johnson like you gotta wonder is one of these guys gonna be a key contributor potentially on the abs you just don't know i mean yeah I mean, you, still really, talk, you really do never know. like he's still a free agent who knows if he's coming back yeah i mean jack johnson pk suban like guys like stastny kessel rodriguez Sonny milano still doesn't have a deal like a guy like sam gagne a guy that just always seems to be on a team no matter what he's still not signed which is interesting because like i said he's always somewhere like a guy like jonathan dolan 24 years old had a pretty pretty hyped up prospect never really panned out that's definitely a guy who's going to get something eventually. Like even a guy like Alex Galchenyuk, Daniel Sprong, either these guys are going to get league men deals or there's going to be a lot of PTOs around the time of training camp. Yeah. I imagine they'll start signing here pretty soon. I mean, you would have thought they were already signed by now, so I take that back. But uh, maybe, maybe they just missed their window and now every GM's on vacation. That's quite possible. I mean, it's, I, I just, like guys like PK Subban, like he he's not like he's not the same PK Subban he was five years ago, but he's still like a decent sixth defenseman. Yeah, I mean, he's not terrible. I also wonder if PK Subban is just going to commit to the broadcasting role because he, oh, he's he, fantastic. He, at well, that's what I mean. Like he he really got into it, like into the playoffs. Like, yeah. does he just do that now instead of just risking more injuries? Because now he he's got the way in. He's already done it. He knows that he'll have his pick of any broadcasting job, whether it's at yeah. ESPN or TNT. Do you even fucking bother right now? I, I don't know. I mean, PK Subban's never played for one of my favorite teams, so I don't know the type of uh, like person he is or where his thoughts are. But I, w- I, I think he comes back for more. How old is he? He's got to be what? Like he's only he's only thirty three. Yeah, he's also I mean, made a lot of money. He's, he's oh been yeah, on, he's been on those big contracts. I mean, he had a nine million dollar cap hit for eight years. Yeah, like he was a damn. He, he was one of the best defensemen in the league for a long time. He was kind of ahead of his time when it comes to like the like the scoring puck moving defensemen. Like a little bit ahead of his time. Like he would have been really good, I think, in today's NHL, where you didn't have to be a stay at home defenseman. So, um, I I think he does. I I still think Seattle makes the most sense for him. Like yeah. it, it just it just screams like, hey, go to Seattle, sell a bunch of tickets for him. You'll probably play some top four minutes still. And after that, if you're like, nah, the same for me, I can go broadcast and yeah, be a really just good broadcast. Ride it, ride it off into the sunset. Yeah. So it's crazy. We're talking about a guy at 33 potentially leaving the NHL. I mean, <laughs> like, that's crazy. I mean, sometimes you never know. I mean, Subban's been through a lot of injuries. He's made his money. I think it's pretty apparent to everyone he's not what he used to be. I mean, do you do you risk the injuries anymore at that point after you've made seventy two million dollars? Do you do you really try to squeeze another quarter of a million out of it? I don't know. I've always wondered because it's like I mean, he he will. I'm not saying PK Subban yeah. is definitely going to retire. I just wonder about that mindset because especially once you've had the broadcasting taste, and you're like, this is easy ass shit. 
Um, I, I, this is a dumb question. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Like, probably not. I, I, we're gonna sound like real idiots here, and I need someone to 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 let me know in the in the DMs or whatever. Do does the does the money equate in Canada as it says in the same in the United States? Because isn't the U.S. dollar worth more than the Canadian loony? I believe everything you see like on cap friendly is in U.S. dollars. Because there's a way there's a way to convert it over to Canadian dollars. Yeah, no, like that, that's a, I just had that thought, and I was like, that's kind of a dumb thing, but it's like it's like a real thing because stuff's more expensive yeah. in Canada. I, because... I think I think they all run off of the U.S. dollar for like NHL contracts, but when you're in Canada getting paid, you're getting paid in Canadian dollars. But how we see it is as U.S. dollars. That's weird, right? Like, kind of yeah, put your weird. brain a little bit of mental pretzel right there. It's weird, but the cap, like, think of it like the salary cap is not run in Canadian dollars. That'd be sweet if it was. If it, wa- if it was, it'd be pretty funny. But the cap is run in the U.S. He dollar. For, he signed for nine million loonies. <laughs> like, that just sounds cooler, man. Hey, what would you sign for, bro? Oh, he's getting nine million unis a year or loonies a year, man. Like he's paid. That's sick. Like, I don't know why. That just that just that shows you where we are in the se- the off season right now. I'm having dumb questions like that. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, PK Subban. I, I think the Seattle Kraken makes the most sense for him. Um, and I mean, those guys like Sonny Milano and those other guys, I'm sure they'll get there's got to be some with Sonny Milano that we're just not hearing right now. Yeah, there's got to be. I mean, we need people who are a lot smarter than us to tell us what's going on. Um, because that is weird. It's very weird. Unless that, unless him and Anaheim have like a handshake agreement, I, I don't know. But it's August already, man. I don't know why you yeah. have a handshake. Be like, yeah, what What if it's just really funny and we just announce it before training camp? I, I don't know. man. It's just it is. There's something we're not knowing. There's something that we don't know. There's got there's so, got to be something with that because he's he's a good player. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's got to be something going on behind the scenes that's maybe best not to open that can of worms. Yeah, we're good. We're not paid enough to do that. Um what, what what guy do you think the abs could get on a PTO? You're looking at the list right now. Looking at Who's... PTO guys. I mean, who are we? What are we signing a PTO for? Like, what are the kind of guys we would bring in? I mean, I think you bring in a forward and a defenseman, just like they did last year. I mean, if I've said it before, if Zach Aston Reese is still there, I really like the idea of taking a flyer on him, especially on a PTO where if he just sucks, you just cut him. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate that. How funny would it be if they sign Jack Johnson to a PTO again? I, mean, I, I love Jack, but I, I just think he should just ride off into the sunset with both middle fingers up being like, I fucking told you all I could do it. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't disagree with that, but there's always, there's always a surprise PTO that you're like, how the fuck did that guy get signed to a PTO and in a good way, in a bad way. And I just don't know who it's going to be for the yeah, abs. Who, was it Mike Hoffman that got a PTO a couple years ago with St. Louis? Yes. Yes, he did. And then he got like a four million dollar contract. Yeah, who was he playing with before that? He got on that on that bus. PTO. He, he was with Florida because he went from Ottawa to San. I went down this rabbit hole like the other day. Ironically, he went from <laughs> Ottawa to San Jose, and then San Jose traded him the same day to Florida. I don't remember there being another team before the Blues because now was Mike Hoffman the one who his wife started a bunch of shit in the locker room. Yeah, I think that's why he got traded. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. 
Now it's coming back to me. Yeah. Okay. Now so it was Florida. Back. He goes to St. Louis and now he's in Montreal. <laughs> that sucks. That really sucks. Um, but I mean, there's going to be some guy that you just don't know. Like the fact like Eric Stahl has a PTO in Florida blew my mind. I thought he was done. I thought oh, I he forgot had about that. That's right. Yeah. They, they got Mark Stahl too. Yeah. So they have Eric Stahl as a, uh, a PTO and I'm sure he'll make the team. I mean, uh, you don't, you never know. He hasn't played in a little bit. He, he played, hasn't played since the Montreal bubble run. I mean, he played the, four games with the Iowa Wild last year. I mean, does he make an NHL roster? Well, because I know he went to the Olympics. He was on the Canadian Canadian team. No, the American team. Canadian. I can't remember. One of those two. He's Canadian, so I would yeah. assume he's in Canada. Yeah, so he was on the Canadian team. He was like the, the grizzled veteran, and they still lost in like the quarterfinals, I think, is when they lost. So yeah, Remember that, the Olympics? Yeah, that feels like 10 years ago. I mean, we've got yeah. the World Juniors coming up next week. That'll be but like, remember the whole thing coming into last season was the like, oh, the, the Olympics are coming back. NHL players are going to go to the Olympics. I'm still so bummed about it, man. Like, you think about it, like, that would have been so cool. And now we got to wait another four years. It would have been. I mean, but just remember, that's how long ago that seems now at this point. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, oh, yeah, the Olympics were a thing. And oh, yeah, they got canceled because of a pandemic and also China. Yeah, like I just we kind of, I we kind of just brushed right over that like the second hockey came back again. You know what was cool though? Or I'm glad that they didn't do. At least we only got like the three players that were going to be on the team. We didn't get the full rosters. Yeah. Cuz I think if we would have gotten the full rosters that would have been really a bummer to see. Because you would have seen like Team Canada with McKinnon, Crosby, McDavid, fucking McCarr. Like, who'd have been the three goalies for Canada? Like, who, I think that was the interesting thing, though, because wasn't Darcy Kemper, like, going to be one of the three? Yeah, perfectly? he was, because he led to a, uh, the World Cup championship. Because Team Canada didn't really have the best goalies. No. Like, who was going to be their goalie? And then you go and look at Team Russia, and it's like, who's starting? Shesterkin or Vasilevsky? Right. Who do you start? You, you have the two best goalies off, in the switch world. switch off every period. Yeah. Like find one like that's who do you start? And then Team Sweden would have been sick too. So like, I'm bummed we won't get to see that again in four years. I'm sure guys like McKinnon and McCarr and McDavid will still be on there. Maybe Crosby. Maybe Crosby will probably still be there. Yeah, I mean, I hope guys like Alex Ovechkin get another chance to do it too. Like, there's a lot of things that we missed because of it. And it don't get me wrong, the NHL made the hundred percent right decision by not sending their players do that because god knows what would have happened if that would have that would have been a disaster yeah so they made the right decision but it was still a bummer because that would have been some electric television and like because like i love the women's uh olympics between usa and canada that's pure electricity if we would have gotten usa versus canada you would have got mc mcdavid and mckinnon versus uh matthews patrick kane um I mean, remember Jack we used to Eichel. put Eichel. Yeah, I was gonna say. Remember we used to put yeah. Eichel in that conversation. Yeah, like there's just so many. It, it would have been sick. Um, I still think Canada would have won the gold pretty easily. Hey, but they, they, it's fucking Canada. They're gonna yeah. win every gold. Like, if they don't win gold in the men's tournaments, it's an upset. Yeah. So that would have been it. Would have been great. But but speaking of Jack Eichel, um, the team he plays for, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, an interesting story came out uh, about the Vegas Golden Knights today. You sent me it. Uh, as it turns out, when you treat players like poker chips, 
uh, they don't really appreciate that. So I don't know, Griffin, you want to give them a little bit more context about what's going on there? Yeah, so Vegas had a little bit of light shed on them by former winger Max Pacioretty, now a member of the Carolina Hurricanes, notably traded for nothing, yeah. not even a month ago. Literally future considerations just to clear cap because they are a circus of a team. You can tell there's nothing to talk about because we're going right back to old reliable on this show, which is just absolutely dumpstering the Vegas Golden Knights at any opportunity. It's one of our favorite pastimes. It's so. one of our favorite things. Sunday it, will be the wild. We'll just keep, we'll keep changing, which. Oh yeah. Well, the, I mean the, the wild, it's just low hanging fruit. It's just, yeah. they're not even fun to make fun of. They're just pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, anyway, but yeah, what, yeah. Did, what did Max Pacioretty say? So basically, Max Pacioretty was kind of weirded out when he first got to Vegas after being traded for Nick Suzuki, by the way, to to Vegas from Montreal. And there was basically saying it was weird that there was like no accountability ever. It's a direct quote from Pacioretty. And I'm not talking about in the team. I'm talking about like ever. You couldn't feel pressure coming off of anyone else from the coach to management and he had to basically reel himself in and be like, I got to still perform here because, you know, right. I'm getting paid $7 million to play hockey. I can't just keep taking time off. And I think one of my favorite quotes in here was basically talking about the last season where they missed the playoffs. He said, if we had a season with expectations like that and it ended like that in Montreal, half the city would be on fire. Yeah, like I'm, I'm going to defend Vegas, which I don't like to do. Um, Montreal, they're fucking loony for their hockey. Like they, that is the number one pastime. So yeah, that's going to be a little bit of a difference. And I do think Vegas fans, like I've interact, I've read their Twitters and I've seen their, they, they were freaking out a little bit about everything. That was yeah. Well, I think he's less talking about fans and just talking more about the organization. Yes. Uh, we, after- we can agree on that. Yeah. But the way I read that is it's kind of like, is he taking a shot at the fans that the fans were holding them accountable? Because like, I mean, if you when you read any Vegas message board, they, they are freaking the fire. They were freaking the fuck out. And I it mean, it's, it's beautiful. like you said, going from Montreal to Vegas, you know, Montreal, arguably the most historic franchise in the NHL to Vegas to where he, when he was traded there, the newest franchise in the NHL, I don't think you could have gotten a more stark difference. And he also says that, uh, At the end of the year, he says, I mentioned that at the end of the year that no one is really holding us accountable. And here's the quote. If we have a bad year like this, the city would be half on fire in Montreal. And he was also saying, like, here in Vegas, it's 80 degrees and it's sunny. And instead of getting followed everywhere, go we're getting our car wash and getting organic food and going to to play golf. And he was saying to them, we've got to police this thing a little better amongst ourselves. And this, this is probably the highlight of the whole thing. I don't want to say it was a country club, but you have no one from the outside holding you accountable. <laughs> I love it, dude. That is that is just everything we've been saying that was happening is coming to light. It's like, like it's like we we talked about it, but I think we all were like, there's no way it's actually like that, like internally, right? Right. Turns out no, it, it is. And going to the Stanley Cup final in the first year long-term might have been really bad for this team yes. and their arrogance. Yeah. No, I, I completely think it was. Like, Vegas is – it's going to be interesting to see where Vegas is going to be in the next – after the next five years. You'd have to presume that cup window is going to close after five years. If it, if it isn't closed already, in the next five years it's going to be. Um, I th- I think we're having the conversation right now. Is is this team really a Stanley Cup contender? Yeah, I 
I think they'll run it back one more time. Um, well, what and, do you do if you don't? Do you trade Eichel and Stone? Uh, Eichel's probably your most valuable trade piece, so yeah, probably. Um, they missed Stone, playoffs again, and he turns himself into a shithead again. Is he? I don't know. I mean, he's he's your. I mean, Shea Theodore could probably get you something. No one's gonna want that Petrangelo contract. Um, Mark Stone is getting. His, I haven't. Once the back I, starts. Well, huh? it's, a, it's a 9.5 until 2027 for Stone. Like, he's if his back's already going out now, like, yikes, man. Like, he's not a finesse player either. So, I'm interested to see. Like, he, he needs to have a bounce back year, Mark Stone does, if the Vegas Golden Knights are going to be good. Yeah. Because he was a shell of himself when he came back from LTIR. Like, he was still obviously hurt. Yeah, and I, I just think it's a problem when you look at, like, the core – of this Vegas Golden Knights team, you always see William Carlson included in it. And that's a big problem to me because yeah. William Carlson is good. The guy had 35 points last year and 39 the year before in both 67 and 56 games. And his last 82 game season was 2019, the year they lost to San Jose, second year of existence. He scored 59 points. Pretty good. That was after a 78 point season where he had 43 goals and an unbelievable breakout after getting taken in the expansion draft from Columbus, he's never gotten back to that area. And the fact that you have to consider him like one of the top four most important pieces on the offense, it's not good. No, it's not good. So I, I'm really just kind of like, it feels weird because before having this conversation last summer, it's just weird to be, we're only a year later and it's like, it's Vegas. Should they we're blow we're up? having this conversation this summer and Jack Eichel's on the team, which he was yeah. not last summer. Yeah. Like we, we, what a difference a year makes. Like it's crazy. Um, it's just mismanagement of cap. We still don't know who their goalie is going to be. Like you think it's, it's going to be Robin Leonard. It's I mean, Robin Leonard until he's hurt. Yeah. Like you just don't know what it's going to be. And because he's what, how much is Leonard's contract? Five point, five point something. It's just five even for three more seasons. I mean, that's not a bad contract. I mean, we're like, Robin Leonard's a good goaltender. But you look at the abs, they're paying both their goaltenders a combined 5.6. Right. So, like, it's different philosophies for coaches and management. I just I, – I just, I just don't understand how anyone involved with building that team currently has their job. Because they went to the cup final the first year. And they've been to two conference finals in the past four years. Even still, like this is the most gross example of cap mismanagement we have seen in a long time. Like patch are ready for nothing. Yeah, no, that, it's bad. That's bad. That's bad. And they yeah. did it to themselves. Yep. I mean, they they went for the win. They, they they tried to Pierre Lacroix themselves into a couple Stanley Cups and then just push off all their problems. It worked for the Avs, but that's just because there was no salary cap when that first happened. So the Avs could do it because they had owners who were willing to go over spending. So um, I I don't know, man. Like I feel I feel kind of bad dunking on Vegas at this point now, but it's still just how much shit they talked after last season. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't do I don't feel bad yet. <laughs> after five plus years of dealing with that organization, just th- their arrogance always bothered me even well before when we lost to them 
they've just bothered me for years. And to finally see that comeuppance come in their way, their, their self-proclaimed five-year window after they first became a team where they're like, we're going to win a cup in five years. We're going to build the team up and win it in year five. And they went to the final in year one. Like, okay, we're going all in on this and completely deviating from the plan and to see them choke time after time after time again. And now they can't even make the playoffs. And now they're already selling off players and are going to be a worse team than they were last season. Yep. And maybe their only saving grace is the fact that they're in such a weak division. Maybe they make the playoffs again, but I just don't see this team going that far unless Jack Eichel turns back into a star, which he very well might. Now he'll have a full training camp and no neck injury bothering him this time. He might very well turn back into a star, but even then, Eichel was never a 100-point player. Maybe he will be now, but he needs to at very least get back to point-per-game level production. Yeah, I mean, it's possible, but, I mean, they got banged up last year, and it's, these guys aren't getting any younger. Like It's not like you're talking about guys who are like Sam Gerard where they're in their early 20s still, and it's like, okay, they can still recover. These guys are in their early 30s. Right. Like, it's like, tougher I, for them to bounce back. Like, we don't know what Mark Stone's going to be next year. Yeah. We have no idea. I, I like Mark Stone. I think I think Mark Stone is a great player and just a, a decent person who deserves better than to be on Vegas. Yep. But he suffered with a very significant back injury last year for the entire season, it felt yep. like. And it felt like he was just never in the lineup. And no. how many games did he even play? He played 37 games last year. Skill somehow managed to score 30 points with barely being able to move. All the, all the more power to him but it's just going to be harder and harder for him to defend and continue to move if he's not fully healed. Yeah. So it's interesting to see, man. I agree with you though. I think since they're in such a shitty division, the Pacific is truly horrific. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I think they're going to make the playoffs. And then I wouldn't be, I I think the Oilers are better than them. I think if the Kings get in, I think the Kings could beat them. I I just, uh, hypothetically, again, if the abs go to the conference final, again, who in the Pacific is beating? Like we've already done this dance with the Oilers. They got like laterally better for Campbell rather than Smith. And he saves two of those goals. <laughs> he, sa- he saves two of the goals. Congratulations. You lose in five. Like, okay, yeah. awesome. And but- Vegas, like, I mean, if it all comes together, they'll be decent. I think. And maybe I think if the Avs face Vegas, I liked your take earlier this year that they would win. The Avs would beat them in five. Yeah, well, I, I think, think they, I, I think they, I might have been being generous to Vegas at that point, where I was yeah. because the Avs they came out pissed in the playoffs. Yeah. If they got Vegas, that series might have been over in three. Yeah, <laughs> could have been, but yeah, I mean, shout out Max Pacioretty for confirming everything that us Avs fans have thought for a while. And now he gets to go to Vegas East. Yeah. He gets to go to Carolina. So um, good for him. Um, that's kind of all the NHL news for the day. Um, so we kind of wanted to do uh, one last thing uh, before this weekend, which just a, a programming note, starting on Monday's episode, we will start doing our player reviews, um, all that fun stuff, start previewing for the next season with that player. Um, and kind of like Griffin talked about a couple episodes ago, we're going to, we're going to record a bunch of those um, and take some time off before the season starts. So you guys won't even notice that we won't be recording all the time. I won't see Griffin's face twice a week, but there'll still be new episodes every week, but we're going to take some, uh, some time off before the season gets started. Yeah. Um, so basically 
it's what Christian's saying is like, you guys will barely notice. It'll just be like episodic kind of thing. We'll start with one player. We don't know who we're going to start with yet. It's going to be one of the guys on the top line. Let's face it. It's probably McKinnon. Yep. So we'll st- let's just say it. we'll start with Nathan McKinnon on next episode, which will come out on Monday. We'll figure out a release schedule. It might be two a week. It might be three a week. And we're going to record a bunch of them at once, maybe over the course of like two, three days. We'll break it up into little sections. They'll be about maybe 30 minutes each. That might be pushing it, but like 25, 30 minutes each. Like just little little bite-sized episodes. They'll come out two to three times a week, reviewing every player, previewing what we expect from them next season. And we'll do it for every single one from McKinnon probably all the way down to O'Connor or something like that. Something like that. We'll start with the offense. Then we'll go to the defense. Now that I'm thinking about the scale of this in my head, probably three times a week, at least. Yeah, probably. You guys, you guys won't notice anything. We're just going to be taking some time and recharging before next season begins, just because we're, I'm worried about that like early season burnout where we have that entire season in front of us. And I have a bunch of stuff on my plate with college and we've just been doing two episodes a week for two years. Yeah. Kind of like JJ was talking about last episode. Griffin and I love doing this. This is our favorite thing to do, but we both have jobs and lives outside of this. Um, Griffin's a full-time college student. I am the general manager of four restaurants. So I, I, I usually am working probably about 12 hours a day because uh, I come home and then we'll do this. Uh, so it's going to be a good little recharge session. Um, yeah, and and I, I will also say, like, if Nazem Kadri somehow comes back and it's like oh, the middle yeah. of August, we'll do an emergency episode. If we somehow, like, line up a good guest episode or something like that, we'll do one of those as well. Like, any, any like, emergency podcast we'll be back for, we'll be on standby. If we just have something we have to talk about, we'll do it. But if well, I, I do have one thing to ask of the listeners. Tweet Kyle Keefe and tell him to come on the Teledazidus podcast. Yes. Please. I have I have tried my hardest and he he loves my videos I make. He responds to all of them. But every time I ask him to come on the show, I get left, I get ghosted. So if a listener wants to do that, that would be great. Um but yeah, just like Griffin said, we'll we'll be ready to jump in if we have to. But it is going to be some much needed R and R. Yeah, uh, so it's not just going to be you're not going to hear from us for a month. We're going to have episodes coming out to fill up in the meantime. I mean, it's August. You yeah. can you can, if you haven't been able to tell already, we are struggling for yes. <laughs> We've right talked now. about the Vegas Golden Knights for 25 minutes on the Teledads show. Yeah, like like so. basically unprompted. Just yeah. like what like, like how can we make fun of Vegas today? Yeah. So, but just heads up, that's coming up. Um, so we'll wrap up this episode. Uh, we thought it'd be a little bit of a fun idea. Um, let's go our top three moments from the Avs season that weren't the Stanley Cup. We asked JJ this question. He answered. Um, and uh, we'll go one by one and we'll go from there. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, 
and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. I'm going to say my number one moment, which is not going to be a surprise to anyone, Abs versus Boston, Curtis McDermott scores his first goal of the year. That was probably the hypest I've ever been for a regular season goal in my entire life. And I will always have that moment. And my favorite part is Steve Steger, who usually sits next to me. I'd given his tickets to a friend and she was sitting right there next to me. And she texted Steve saying, this number 56 just scored and the guy sitting next to me has not stopped screaming about it for like 15 minutes. And Steve just loves to loves to give me shit for that. But uh, that's probably my number one moment of the season. So if we're doing favorite like goals, including that, this one's going to be a little unpopular. I'm going to put it at three. I'm going to start at three and work my way okay. up. For three for me, game five, St. Louis, Nathan McKinnon, go ahead, goal late. Oh, I, yeah. almost, I almost died. You did almost die. This was my second ever game at Ball Arena. I would have loved to use something from the first game as one of my favorite moments of the season, but we scored one goal. Yep. And it was overall their worst game of the playoffs. This game, they're up three to nothing. They blew the four to one lead, or I'm sorry, the three nothing lead. Yep. It's three three at this point, and everyone's kind of all bummed and in their seats. And McKinnon pulls off the nicest goal of the entire season. I'm literally screaming my head off to the point that I am using Christian as a support to he like, almost I, am, I am literally about to pass out. Like, <laughs> like this is not like, Oh, I'm a little lightheaded. It is like my entire body is TV static right now. Yep. My brain, like I can see the darkness closing in on my eyes and it is taking my literal just willpower to focus on like a specific light in the scoreboard just to yeah. keep me awake. That to me is about one altitude. of my. You learned yeah. about altitude. Yeah, that to me is one of my favorite moments ever at a hockey game, just because of that specific thing. And also, yep, it's the closest fair. I've ever been to seeing a playoff series win in person. They're really close. You were close. You were close. Was really close. You I, I had to. Like, yeah. Go you ahead. were combined what? Because in Game Five, it was tied two two. In or in the cup final, it was tied 2 2. Tampa scored with five minutes left, and then in that one, St. Louis tied it with like a less than a minute left. So you were yeah. like a combined six minutes away from potentially seeing both, but sadly, you didn't get it. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I have to pick some because my first trips to Ball Arena, they're in the playoffs, they lost every single one, yeah. but still, I had to that's pick not some. bad. That's not bad. All right, what's your what's your number two then? And then we'll, well come back you, to me. You you do number two. We'll we'll keep okay. Going. You got to think about yours. I got mine. Uh, my number two is a game I wasn't at, but was just such an awesome game to watch because it just it was just a great game to watch. Uh, the game where Darcy Kemper went nuclear against Edmonton and had like forty nine saves. 
Uh, he was unreal that game, and it kind of shut up all the Darcy Kemper haters for at least like a couple weeks. And when they when he when they won in the shootout, he stopped all three attempts in the shootout. Um, he did that little stick twirl and tucked it in like a sword. Um, and just that memory of that game because I remember in that that game too, the Oilers had a late power play in overtime. Oh yeah, they had a yeah they had a four on three, making every save. So I I that's not a goal. But just as a game and watching that game, it was fucking awesome. And that was a great hockey game to watch. I mean, that's a pretty good choice as, to, as well. I mean, you're you're going regular season right now. So I feel like I've got to commit to the playoff bit at this point. Yeah, you're good. Once again, in Colorado, game four, St. Louis, Nazem Kadri hat trick. That's a good one. That is a – I still can't believe that happened in that situation where – he goes through what he goes through after game three comes out and has the best game of his life and a hat trick to put us up three to one in that series in St. Louis. I mean, has there ever been a better like poetic justice moment in the NHL? No. Like, and the best, the best part about that game too, like the Kadri hat trick was great. Like the, the Avs should have won that game by a lot more. Remember they gave up like a bunch of goals at the end of the second period, made a one goal game. And then they played, one of the best defensive third yeah, periods. Yeah, both of those games in St. Louis, the third periods were absolutely amazing. They were perfect. Like, you couldn't have asked for, I think, Darcy Kemper faced, like, a combined eight shots in both third periods. Like, it was an unreal third period on the road performance. But, yeah, after everything Nazem Kadri had been through, that was just a chef's kiss beauty of a game. Um, and, yeah. Like I mean, you, that whole St. Louis series was just fantastic. So. And it was one of the best series of the playoffs, not just for yes. the Avs, but for the whole NHL, from yes. storyline to the games themselves. It was just an incredibly fun series. Yes. And also, just personally for the both of us, being at the DNVR bar for that game, yes. that was a ton of fun. We met our boy Logan out there. Awesome, Logan. Shout out for you buying those stickers, by the way. First one to send us a picture of those. We love you, Logan. Yep. And Shout out to Nancy, too. Nancy got her sticker, too. Um so, yeah, I mean, we still have some, by the way, we still have some stickers and shirts left. So please buy them. I don't want them to sit in my basement. Um, that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. Um, so I'm I'm down to my final moment. Um, Man, and it's not, it's not was, like mine's very suspenseful, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, we'll, we'll do some honorable mentions too. My, like, th- this is a whole game in itself too, but this was really the moment where I was like, yeah, Kale McCarr's the best defenseman in the league. It was a game against the Ottawa Senators at home in the middle of December, and he went off in this game. He was the best player on the ice by a mile. He had two goals. I want to say he had an assist, too. The Avs won like 7-5. to five. It was a super high-scoring game. Yes, I remember uh, this game, but only because of Darcy Kemper. Yeah, Darcy Kemper was not good, um, but Kale McCarr was absolutely unreal. And that it was that moment that I, like, like I thought, like yeah, we know Kale McCarr is the best player in the like, like the best defenseman in the world. But this game, I was like, yeah, it's not even a debate. Like you just watch that game, and you, it's just a masterclass in how a defenseman can dominate a hockey game. I mean, that's a that's a real under the radar choice, and I appreciate it. Yep, I went well. I've been making all these highlight videos, so I've been going back to all these games, and I'm like, holy shit, I forgot Kale McCarr went fucking nuclear in this game, and. Holy shit, I forgot about Darcy Kemper in this moment. I feel like too. you can look at a lot of Kale McCarr games this season and be like, holy shit, I forgot how good he was in this game, too. Yeah. Like I I 
cannot wait to um, watch Kale McCarr next year because um, he's only going to get better. So it, it was just that that I just remember that game particularly. I was in the building for that one, and it was just like holy shit, Kale McCarr is like skating circles around these NHL players and just dominating them and making them look like children. So yeah, that that was really the game where it kind of just locked it in stone that yeah, Kale McCarr is the best defenseman on planet Earth. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, he is. Kale McCarr is the best defenseman in the world. There's really no debate about that anymore. The only question is, is he the best player in the world now? No. No. But Sorry. you can but you can make the case. You could, but th- there's just no chance in arguing that Connor McDavid's not the best player in the world. I get it. I, I love Kale McCarr, but Connor McDavid's on a different fucking level, man. Until he faces Kale McCarr in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> All right, what's your number one moment? So this is very easy for me. Yeah. The number the number one moment of the season, game one, Stanley Cup final, Andre Burakovsky wins the game. I lost my collective mind and literally started crying. And the happiest I've been as a hockey fan outside of the two Stanley Cup wins I've experienced in my life. Yeah. As a I, I don't friendly. I don't know if he's gonna win another one in these next five years. I just don't hey, know if I don't care. He's there. not on my teams anymore. So yeah. he's he he won with both of my teams that That's I grew good. up cheering for. And he was drafted when I was 14. I started cheering for both of these teams like when I was like seven. Yeah. Do you understand so, how lucky I am that I yeah. got to witness that with my favorite player on both of my favorite teams Thanks. that predated him even in the NHL? That yeah. to me is nothing will ever top that for me as a hockey that's fair that's Nothing. fair but like i i completely agree with that like that um, that is the no, that's not the number one moment of this season that is the number one moment of my hockey fandom life yes that's fair that's fair i mean that that curtis mcdermott moment was one of the best moments of my life um that goal was i have never like, <laughs> i have never cheered so hard in my life uh, i think i may have cheered more for that goal than i did them when we won the cup like I, I honestly may have just because when you're winning the cup, you're kind of speechless. That moment was like a culmination of. Well, it's it's like the Berkey goal. It it just happened like that. Like with the with the Stanley Cup, you you had a 20 minute countdown. Yep. Like to be like, holy shit, we are 20 minutes away from winning. We just have to not give up a goal. Okay, there's 20 seconds and the pucks in the other end. We're gonna win with the McDermott goal and with the Berkey goal. They just kind of happened over the course yeah. of a split second. They just developed. And you're hit with all of that at once. Yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> like you said, the Stanley Cup was almost more of relief. Like it was yeah, like, it was, thank God. Because it, re- it really was relief because we knew yeah. we were going to win and anything less would have been shattering. Yes. Like completely shattering. It, it was more of a, like, uh, thank God we did it. We don't have to hear people talk about this team being choke artists and all that. Right. Stuff. It, was, it was like, it was yeah. validating more than yeah. anything. It was, it all was, the stuff we had been saying all year was right. I mean, they went 16 and four. Yeah. Like it, re- it really was not in question. It was just like, okay, we were up three to one. Now it's three to two in the yeah. Stanley Cup final. Let's, you can't go to seven. You can't you, face let's that. Close this, let's close this out now. Yeah. So that was, that was a great moment. Um, I'm trying to think what else, like an honorable mention for me. That There's we haven't so- talked about already. Like, cause we talked about a couple. With yeah. Jay. Um, Oh God. I mean, Bo Byram's first goal against Chicago on opening night. Same with Jack Johnson scoring. That, that was, was just a, cool a weird opening night. Yeah. yeah. It was great. I mean, it was two guys who you want to see score score. 
Uh, Jack Johnson's only goal of the year is the prettiest goal <laughs> of his career, maybe. Um, so that was cool. Bo Byram's first goal was cool. Um, you know what? You know what's a funny moment to look back on. This is obviously not a greatest moment of the year kind of thing. You go back to that second straight loss against Columbus. We forget we had a four day break after that. Yeah. We we had to sit in that one for a little bit, being like yeah. this team is under five hundred. Just lost back-to-back games to the Blue Jackets. We just lost Nathan McKinnon. He's not going to be playing. What the fuck is going on? What is this team like? Because that's when the conversation really starts. Like, is this team really that good? Like, just the the inklings of that conversation start. Like, this team's got to turn around. Is this team even really that good? Are we going to win the division this year? Because Minnesota's looking really good right now. Looking, uh, I back- remember. I I think I said on the show. I was like, I don't think the Avs may be able to come back. Minnesota may be too far up. Like. Oh, what an idiot I was. I think that's exactly what I said. Like, we may not win the division, but if we get close, I'll be happy with it. Because Minnesota was killing it on a cupcake schedule. And they just played like five more games in the abs too. So the gap looked way bigger than it actually was. So I'm going to say not that stretch, but the three weeks after that were a great moment. Because they went, they played how many games? Four, eight games. And they went seven and one right after that. And then I they remember March through December. Yeah, and then that that first game after the Columbus losses was against Vancouver, and we beat the fuck out of Vancouver. It was seven yeah. to one. The seven to like, one was that was the game where Byram got hurt. But yeah, was that was that, that one or was that one on the road? No, that, that was that one. Yeah, he caught an elbow. One. He got an elbow from Bo Horvath, and it happened right in front of me. That was uh, that was the game where my sister had bought me tickets on the ice. Yeah. And it happened like directly across from me. So, yeah. Um, Overall, just a great regular season. Those are just a couple moments. If you're a listener, tag us in a tweet. Tell us your top three favorite moments. Um, we love engaging with you guys uh, on Twitter. Um, but I think I think that's it, man. We somehow did it again where we almost talked about an hour an hour without anything else going on. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just what we do. We we somehow just continue to run our mouths, and for some people, people listen to it. Yeah, some so reason. Shout out to you guys. Yeah, for some reason. People are like, wow, this is awesome. And I appreciate <laughs> it because you guys are the best. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. This is going to be the last little like unstructured, just hanging out kind of thing. The next times you hear from us, and it might be kind of robotic because it might just be kind of out of touch. We also like if anything does happen and those episodes do come out, you gotta understand like those were recorded before. So like if Kadri gets signed and we're talking about like it's just brought up like really quickly, we don't know what's going on with Nazem Kadri. It's because it happened before Kadri got signed. Yep. So if anything crazy does happen, we'll be back. And once things really start to one, I guess just once we run out of episodes, like once we get through the last player. I, I guess we're just only going to do like the players that are going to make the lineup. Yep. And it should get us, it should get us through the rest of August. And then we'll, we'll be starting here in September about uh, training camp, all that other stuff going on. Just start previewing the year. Cause I think the first preseason game is like September 12th. I think they just announced it today. Yeah, right. They just announced it. I have the schedule right in front of me so I can very quickly roll over to September. No, it's the 25th. We have two preseason games on the 25th against Minnesota and Vegas. Okay. And, but training camp will be open well before that. And yeah. we will and we will be back well before that point. Yeah. Like probably well before that point. I'm actually I'm trying to I'm gonna try and go to a couple practices. Um, because I have a ton of 
time off I need to use at work. So I'm going to try and go to a couple practices and uh, give you guys some in-depth reporting from sitting on the bleachers being like, oh, hey, we can, we, can have, we can evolve into a real podcast. Yeah, McKinnon was skating really fast today. So really fast. And that pass out really good too. It was good, man. It was good. So, um, but yeah, that's like what everyone does at NFL training camp. Like this guy caught a pass and he ran. Yeah. He looked really good because he's a professional athlete. When the only thing that matters, the only thing I care about in training camp is like, did this person get hurt? As long as they don't get hurt, I'm cool with whatever happens. Training camp. It's, it's kind of funny how important training camp kind of is to some players just to get themselves into the system. But to us, it's just fucking meaningless. Yeah, it's like, just please no one get hurt. That's all we care about. No one get hurt. No one get hurt. Make sure you're in shape, that whole shebang. So you guys are going to keep hearing from us. We're going to keep having our episodes. We're technically not going anywhere, but we will be technically taking a break, but making sure that our lovely listeners like you are going to be taken care of in the meantime. Yep. So we will see you all on Sunday. Or Monday. We're recording on Sunday. I'll see you Um, on Sunday. Yes, you'll see me on Sunday. But uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. Yeah. So that's going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm going to make an executive decision right now and say this is the season two finale. And when we come back in September, it will be season three of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, the new and improved Tell It Abs It Is podcast behind-the-scenes stuff brewing as ever that we will be unveiling upon our return. So, hope you guys look forward to that. In the meantime, thank you all so much for an incredible season. This this literally surpassed every single one of my expectations coming into this year. You name it, it surpassed it in literally every category. Not to mention we won a Stanley Cup, and I got to see it live in person in Colorado, which is one of the greatest moments in my life. So, Again, thank you all to everybody for a great season. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break, but you won't even notice. We're going to have episodes up two, three, maybe even four times a week. We'll see where all that goes in time. And we will catch you all next time. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in time after time again and we catch you all next time but until then let's go abs and enjoy the rest of your summer Kyle Keith, come on the show